here's your lightning recap. What? The Swimmer by John Cheever is what starts as a lark on a summer day, a jaunt across the county via neighbor's pools, and is in reality one man's desperate attempt to escape the depths to which his mistakes have brought him. Okay, now the reading. It was one of those midsummer Sundays when everyone sits around saying, I drank too much last night. You might have heard it whispered by the parishioners leaving church, heard it from the lips of the priest himself, struggling with his cassock in the vestiarium, heard it from the golf links and the tennis courts, heard it from the wildlife preserve where the leader of the Audubon group was suffering from a terrible hangover. I drank too much, said Donald Westerhazy. We all drank too much, said Lucinda Merrill. It must have been the wine, said Helen Westerhazy. I drank too much of that claret. This was at the edge of the Westerhazy's pool. The pool, fed by an artesian well with a high iron content, was a pale shade of green. It was a fine day. In the west, there was a massive stand of cumulus clouds so like a city seen from a distance, from the bow of an approaching ship, that it might have had a name. Lisbon. Hackensack. The sun was hot. Nettie Merrill sat by the green water, one hand in it, one around a glass of gin. He was a slender man. He seemed to have the especial slenderness of youth. And while he was far from young, he had slid down his banister that morning and given the bronze backside of Aphrodite on the hall table a smack as he jogged toward the smell of coffee in his dining room. He might have been compared to his summer's day, particularly the last hours of one. And while he lacked a tennis racket or a sail bag, the impression was definitely one of youth, sport, and clement weather. You've got a little time. We've got a little podcast. It's Short Story Short Podcast. I'm Chris. Today I'm here with... Christy Baxter. And Christy... Yes? If one in the hand equals two in the bush... What's in our hands this week? What is in our hands is The Swimmer by John Cheever. And let me just say this right off the bat. This is literally the waspiest thing we will ever be reading on this program because this is literally the waspiest story ever written. Now I feel like that's a challenge that we need to find something even waspier just to outdo ourselves with the waspiness. It is going to be hard to do when in the first two paragraphs, it references not only drinking too much, leaving church, uh, drinking gin, claret, tennis, (laughs) sailing, (laughs) clement weather. I mean, it's, It's one of those things that he instantly gets you into where you're going to be and where you're going to be is suburbia. Yes, yes. And the the wealthier side of suburbia, I'd say. This is not just middle class. This is upper middle, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think one of my favorite bits about this, other than the fact that Slender Man appears, uh, (laughs) is the fact that... uh, when you look at this story as a whole, it is, I've seen it referred to as surrealist. I almost think it's absurdist. I could go with that. Yeah, I could go with that. Uh, I think 
I think if it's a sliding scale, I think it's it's kind of it's it's on the fence there between the mm-hmm. two. It is like a spinoff of The Simpsons. I think it is just weird enough that it is not the average view of the world, but it is also not so weird that it veers completely away from any reality. And yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> you have these these touches. Of, of things that ground you and are, are recognizable enough that you're able to just barely stay grounded with the story. It, 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 it has to work for it, but you're able to just barely stay grounded. And then there are those moments that are such flights of fancy from the main character, Ned, from his perspective that you you get go flying up to the sun and 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 Cheever has to drag you back down again. Like I, I would I would point to for instance when he arrives at the one party and you know everyone's kissing him. Eight to ten women are kissing him and all the handshakes and it's just this this kind of greeting that I mean I don't know about you but I've never gotten. <laughs> this isn't about me. Uh... <laughs> I think one of the things that actually grounds it the most is the constant names and putting them in the the format. The Welchers. Uh, What was the other one? The Welchers was the big one that like the Levies. Uh, Like all of these names are very, very much identifying them as this idea that your home your person all of it is one mass thing the whatever you are and that becomes a really really fascinating theme that runs throughout the whole thing but the idea of literally swimming (laughs) from house to house to house to house to house is first off the first time i read this i literally was flashing back to ferris bueller's day off when he's running back to the house to beat his parents there and it's it's an absurd idea, but at the same time, and growing up in California, you know, this is something that is not that unfamiliar to me. You fly, you fly into LAX and you look down and every house has a pool until you get to the poor neighborhoods. Then every other house has a pool. Yeah, I'm coming at it from the other side of the country uh, where pools are only usable about three or four months of the year. So uh, I don't actually know anyone in my town who has one. None of, I mean, there, there are people who have pools and I've seen pools, but none of, nobody that I know, I can't just call them up and be like, hey, can I come and go for a swim? So swimming across my county via the pools would be not possible. You could maybe sled ride or ski. It is harder to do in places that freeze. Uh- <laughs> But it's one thing about Cheever is he is so concerned with two things at the same time. Place, and almost always his place is suburbia. Sometimes it's Italy, apparently. Um, But I seem to have never read any of those stories. But then this idea of ownership as identity. And... I think that's the whole, the Levy's, the Welch's, all of that plays into that. But it's the way he describes people 
by what they are with. Um, he has so many apostrophes for possession, it's not even funny. Uh, they're everywhere. And that, I think, speaks to this. Um, but there's also the idea of liquor. But I, I want to go back to what you said about the, yes, liquor is important, but I also want to go back to what you said about the the, the possessive, of possessive nouns and everything. And people are defined by what they they have. It's what they've acquired, what they own, which is, I think, so important to this story because we now have a man who is had once been of this element, had been defined by what he had and what he owned. And right down to his mistress, you know, he seems to feel some ownership or former rather. He seems to have some ownership feelings over her. And now he has nothing. That's true. And you almost feel like he has a human emotion in this. Uh, it was probably the first time in his life that he had ever cried. Certainly the first time in his life that he had ever felt so miserable, cold, tired, and bewildered. Uh, I almost felt bad for him. Almost. For <laughs> <laughs> but that's the other thing that I really found about this. It is soaking in liquor. And, uh, you know, one of those... Uh, uh, you know, if you've come for money, she said, I will give you another cent. You could give me a drink. I could, but I won't. I'm not alone. Well, I'm on my way. I love that exchange. It's just so ridiculously brilliantly done. Yeah, it's it's simple, but it also says so much of, of their past and of how he is perceived by these people now, even though he's having a really hard time recognizing it because this is basically... He's not swimming in pools. He's, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Are you ready? He's swimming in denial. <laughs> ah, that was so true. Maybe we'll get eaten by a crocodile. Um, but I think one, <laughs> one of can the only other... hope. <laughs> I think it's the little touches though here that also really help. I mean, okay. The Lucinda river is a stupid concept there is actually a Lucinda River, apparently. Um, but it's a little things like all swimmers must take a shower before using the pool. Uh, it's a little things that are, you know, instantly recognizable. But what's fascinating about all of them is they so well define the place as something we recognize. You know, we all have seen the signs, you know, no running by the pool, all those things, you know. Uh, Welcome to my ool. Notice there is no pee in it. Let's keep it that way. Um <laughs> that sort of thing, all those little touches really tie us to it. And again, then it goes weird um, and it ends weird, which is kind of one of the things that I think gets me the most about this one is that entire last paragraph is, it's ambiguous. It's not ambiguous, it's ambiguous. <laughs> I agree. I kind of, I kind of felt it coming the whole way and wondered, uh, cause this was my first encounter with this story, wondered if, if that exact place was where it was going to end up. But one thing that I really, I really loved that he did. And, uh, I feel like despite the fact that we don't really like this character, the character does sort of have an arc, which in a short True. story is a little tough to pull off a, 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 a broader arc like that, where somebody is on top of the world at first and then ends up at the very bottom at the end. 
And uh, it, it's really, I think, defined by two lines uh, on in, in the very close to the very beginning. He had an inexplicable contempt for men who did not hurl themselves into pools. <laughs> and by the very end, here, for the first time in his life, he did not dive, but went down the steps into the icy water and swam a hobbled side stroke that he might have learned as a youth. And it's all encapsulated in that. He goes from mm -hmm. this person who looks down on people who do the very thing that he does at the end. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that really makes when his uppance comes, uh, <laughs> it really does make it a little more impressive, I think. Um, and I also just, again, Cheever just does some things so well. And my favorite being, uh, hadn't they agreed, hadn't they agreed as they usually did on Sunday to regret all their invitations and stay at home? Ah, totally. I mean, I understand, like it's, for me, it's, it's on my emails. If it starts with sadly, it means bad news. Uh, but, you know, that sort of little touches that are so soaking in suburbia. Yeah, and you also have throughout a couple of times where he mentions that, you know, like every four to six weeks, the, the such and suches would invite them to dinner and they would, you know, respond with regrets. And it, it, it's this definitely adds to this feeling of that he maybe his wife too, but I don't know. He definitely thought he was above all these people that are now looking down on him. Mm -hmm. And well, they should. <laughs> <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> yes. So any other thoughts? Getting out the notes. Oh, uh, what a, here's the... <laughs> The least intelligent thought I can give you. Uh, there is a character named in here, Rusty Towers. And I was like, well, that's the worst porn name ever. <laughs> yes. And searches internet porn database for the name Rusty Towers. And uh, no, no Rusty Towers. That's that's good. I feel I feel better about the world. Another thing I wanted to acknowledge about the story is that I think it's really a mastery of pacing. Totally. Absolutely. Pacing is such a hard thing to get right, or at least I say this as a person who has a hard time getting pacing right. But it is so difficult to get right. And I, I noticed it as I was reading this, the slow development of the character and his slow descent into reality is done at the exact perfect speed it's not mm -hmm. never too fast he doesn't dump too much on you at once it's never too slow to the point that you get impatient it's done exactly at the right speed and that i have to admire and that is why john cheever is probably the greatest writer of short stories america has ever produced not named christy baxter oh you flatter me like a lot <laughs> correct <laughs> oh, that's where I get my correct this episode. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, excellent. And you know what? We're leaving all this in. Um, <laughs> hey, Christy. Yes. What do you think we should read next week? I think we should read The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas by Ursula K. Le Guin. My birthday buddy. We were both oh. born on October 21st. So, nice. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Well, fantastic. I look forward to reading that. And until then, they're sad that the story's ending. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah.
Anyhow, this has been Short Story. Short Podcast.